you, were, you, you, you make sure you tell him what I said, by the way, Ashley. So uh, He can't get mad if he's not here to hear it. But anyway, um, but I don't know why life happens the way it does. Uh, I've seen people that are just completely broken from a loved one passing on. Uh, seem like some worse than others. Some people seem like they never get over it. And uh, I can't explain to you why people die when they do other than that's just God's plan. But there is no, you realize there's no good time to die. It doesn't exist. Um, and I, I don't mean this uh, cruel. I realize it seems like sometimes it might be better if it was later in life or different in life. Um, I realize that, and I'll use you as an example because I don't feel like you would get upset. Um, you know, Morgan, no doubt, uh, most of you probably may not have realized that you probably did. You know, just a week or two ago was the one-year anniversary of Big Morgan passing on, going on to be with the Lord. Well, Morgan could easily say, "Why, God, why didn't you wait? Well, <laughs> it would have hurt as much this year as it did last year. Now, granted, he got to... Uh, Morgan got to grow up, be a man, uh, have kids, grandkids before God called his dad home. And I know others don't get that experience. And I don't know why. I can't explain these things to you. But sometimes in life, we just need some extra help from God for things. And let me say this. Um, all of us are going to face trials, troubles, and heartache. No matter what. You know, and, and If I face what some of you have faced with your, one of your parents or both of your parents going on, uh, no doubt, uh, I, I'll probably give different advice. I'll probably see it a lot different because until I've walked in that, down that walk, I can't really understand what you're going through. And that's what limits us so bad. Uh, the Bible teaches us in Hebrews that the priests were limited uh, in understanding what the people's problems were. God's not. He's unlimited in this. So let me quit rambling. Uh, John's Gospel, chapter 20. John's Gospel, chapter 20. This goes in somewhat with the message, and you'll understand. Uh, John's Gospel, chapter 20, verse 24. This is a fairly familiar story, I think. Um, I'm sure most of you have heard it. John's Gospel, chapter 20, verse 24. Doubting Thomas, as he's often called because of this story. Well, let me say this about Thomas. If you read study a little bit more about Thomas other than just one story, you would probably quit calling him Doubting Thomas. And let me say while you're turning there, I can't wait to those two. That is going to be a joyous time for us. For some, it'll be, it'll be a very comical, entertaining moment for mom and dad I don't know if I'll, I don't know if I want to pray for you or just sit back and enjoy it I'm not real sure but um, so John chapter 20 verse 24 is everybody there the Bible says but Thomas one of the twelve called Didymus was not with them when Jesus came the other disciples Therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. 
And after eight days, again, his disciples were within, and Thomas was with them. Then came Jesus, the doors been shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then said, Tom, then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God, Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me and hast believed, blessed are they that have not seen and yet believed. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written that he might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing he might have life through his name. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this time together for this glorious, blessed day that you've given us, God, for this opportunity we have to call on you, and God, for this chance to gather here with you in your house, Lord, together this evening as Christians, as fellow like-minded believers. God, I thank you and I praise you for it. And God, I praise you, Lord, for the, uh, the blessings that you give us, God, for your presence, Holy Spirit, that you live and dwell and you, and you abode right in our hearts. So tonight I got saved, you moved in my life and you've never moved out. Lord, I thank you that you've not evicted me. And God, I can't evict you. Lord, that you're so wonderful. God, you're such a blessing. God, I didn't know what love was till I met you. God, I didn't know what life was, what hope was, what, uh, what life made so much more sense, God, once I met you. And Lord, I thank you that you've done so much for me, that you've given me more than I could ever comprehend in this world, God, in the world to come. And I thank you and I praise you for it. Lord, speak to us tonight. Touch hearts, God, as you see fit, Lord, I pray. God, if any move is going to be happen in this church, God, if you're going to work a miracle in this church, you're the one that's going to do it. God, is going to come through you. I'm asking you to do it, God. Just give us fertile hearts to receive and to hear. In Lord Jesus Christ's name we pray, and amen. Uh, as I said, this is a, a very familiar story. I know most of you have, have heard it or read it at times, and as I mentioned, Doubting Thomas. Uh, as he's often called, because of this particular story. And, and, and I, could, I guess I could see that, but there's, there's a whole lot more to this than this that if you read what else Thomas did and said. And as we go through this, with God's help, I want to try to point some things out to you to help you this evening. Now, as I've already said in my introduction before we turn the, the, the camera on, uh, or the, the phone, our high-dollar audio video system, um, I made a few comments and told a few stories there and talked about things. But sometimes in life, we just need a nail We need a nail scarred moment. Sometimes in life, I need to touch the nail, the nail scars. Sometimes in life, I need to touch the scar in the side. I need to put my hand into the womb. I need to feel the man, Jesus Christ. I need to know what it's like. I think this is one of the most tenderest moments in all of the word of God. Uh, you stop and think about it for a minute. Here, Thomas, being one of the 12 that had lived with him for approximately three and a half years, had seen all the miracles, witnessed all the things that had taken place, heard all the teachings, all the stories. He didn't get to re uh, read about them. He lived them. I mean, he got to watch it happen. I mean, he was there when it took place. Uh, he was uh, present with Jesus. He got to know him on a level that personally, as uh, far as humanly goes, that not many other people ever got the opportunity to do. 
I mean, he was a select one and he got to see and experience things. And I've tried to put this, picture this in my mind and try to paint a perspective for it. And it's so difficult for us to understand some of these things sometimes. But imagine you go to a loved one's funeral, you walk up to the funeral home or, or the church where the funeral's at and you look down to casket, you see them. They're embalmed, you know it. Uh, I mean, life has gone out of them. It's been three or four days. I mean, there's no chance of life. You know that, I know that, and everybody in that building knows that. But yet, somehow, uh, eight days later, or somehow, there they are. And, and before that, though, the rest of your family is saying, I've seen them, they're alive. I, I went to tutors with them this morning and had breakfast. And you'd be like, yeah, 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 sure you did. Uh, right. And they, yes, I know, you don't believe me, you don't understand. And they said, yes, yes, it's true. And suddenly they appear. Well, we know that's probably not gonna happen. I realize that. And if it did, I'll be honest with you, I would be very spooked. Very, very inquisitive about this thing, to say the least. Uh, kind of like when Satan desired the body of Moses. I've, there, there's a message. But anyway, but here Jesus was, as you've heard me say, beaten, humanly unrecognizable. Totally slaughtered as a human being. Taken down off the cross. Wrapped in, in clothes, in grave clothes. They, they, they swaddled him in those grave clothes. And let me say this real quickly. A few years ago, and you still see a little bit about it, not as much as you did, they had the shroud that supposedly Jesus was buried in. Don't pay attention to that nonsense. If you want to watch it for entertainment, fine, but I really advise you not to even watch it. Uh, do you realize if we had that shroud, how we'd honor and praise that thing? I mean, we don't have that. Anyway, let me move on. That's, that's a rabbit trail, but I wanted to chase it real quick. But, but here... He's, the last time Thomas saw him, he was beaten to a bloody pulp, put in the grave, the stone rolled in front of it and buried and there walked away, probably to, in his mind never to be seen from again. And then a few days later, they're saying, we've seen him, he's alive. He's like, he can't be alive. How could he be? I mean, think about it for a minute. Remember, Thomas saw Lazarus raised from the grave. Thomas was there. He didn't go into the room with Jesus, but he was there and that little girl was raised from the grave when Peter, James, and John went in the room. He saw it happen. So Thomas had seen things that you and I have probably never seen and never will see, yet he still struggled with believing. And sometimes in life, we have tragedy take place in our life. We have news that takes place that we can't explain, we can't understand, we don't want to deal with it, we want to somehow turn the page and get this day over with and let's start a new day and wake up and all this is just a bad dream, but it doesn't happen. I need sometimes a nail print moment in those days. One of the most gentle moments in the Bible is this story. The difference is, is that it had been prophesied about Jesus for hundreds of years, a few thousand years actually, that he was going to be buried and rise again the third day. We know that. But yet Thomas struggled to grasp it. So let's, uh, let me go through this and with God's help, I'll point some things out to you and hopefully uh, we'll get some help this evening. The Bible says here again in verse 24, but Thomas, one of the 12, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. So Jesus had already appeared to him once. 
And, and uh, they had already seen him and he had already shown himself to them but Thomas was not there and so he had a hard time believing them. I don't know if he thought they, they was uh, a high or something or if they was dreaming. I don't know what he thought but there is. He didn't believe them. And so they said, hey, he said, I need to see some proof. You know what? I kind of think Thomas might be a little bit wiser than what you and I are giving him credit for. Should he have believed his friends? Should he have believed the Bible? Yes, he should have. Should he believe the Old Testament prophets? Yes, he should have. But the fact is, Thomas was like, you know what? I've heard some crazy things in my life, but I need to see some evidence sometimes. And I think this was one of those moments where Thomas was saying, you know what, guys, you might be right, but until I see with my own eyes, I'm not going to believe. So the verse 25 says, the other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord, but he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger to the print of the nails and thrust my hand to his side, I will not believe. So number one, sometimes we, need, we just need to see. We need to see the glory of God. We need to see the power of God. Sometimes I've prayed in my life, things has happened. I've said, God, I need to see your glory. I need to see your power. I need to see your presence. I need to see who you are. I need to see what you are. God, I need some help. And here Thomas and all of his doubts, all of his fears, all of his questions, he was saying, I need to see something. Sometimes our faith can get a little weak. You know, one thing that I love about psalms is the tenderness of them. And one of my favorite psalms is when the Lord says in the book of Psalms, he, he remembers that we are but dust and pitieth us. God realizes you and I are dust. The Bible also says he knows we get weak and we go, grow weary. He does not. He never tires down. He never gets tired of he never gets tired or weary of you he's always there I believe that sometimes he does get weary of some of the things we do and don't do but, but he never grows tired of you and I coming to visit with him but here Thomas needed to see something sometimes I need to see something from God folks that's just, that's just been real there have been times in my life when I didn't feel like I had any faith left I didn't feel like I had anything left to pray. I didn't feel like I had anything left to offer. And I said, God, I, 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 don't, I need something. Lord, forgive me if I'm weak at this moment. But God, I need, I need to see something. Sometimes you and I just need to cry out to him and say, Lord, I just need to see you. Amen. I need to see that you're real. I need to see that you're still there. I need to see that you still got me by the hand. I need to see that you haven't let go. And I can't tell you how he's going to reveal himself, but praise God Almighty, there have been times he sure has. I didn't deserve it. I didn't know how he was going to come through. I didn't know how he was going to reveal himself to me, but I know I needed him. Lord, I needed you and you gave yourself to me. You showed yourself to me on ways that I can't even begin to explain and understand, but thank God he's always been there. He's always showed up. There have been times God done things. I've been told things and said, well, that's not possible. God made it possible. Thank God for what he can do. In verse 26, and after eight days again, his disciples were within. In other words, they were closed within a room somewhere to build him. And Thomas with them. Then Jesus, then came Jesus, the doors been shut. Instead of the mist, it said, peace be unto you. Now, to be honest with you, if I was sitting in this room right now, every door, as far as I know, 
That one shut. Those two are shut. That one's shut. And all of a sudden, boom, somebody appears right here. I would definitely want to hear peace being to you pretty quick. Whether I recognize them or not. I'd want some peace too. So here he goes on and notice what he does. In verse 27, it says, Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless but believing. Number one, we need to see the Lord sometimes. Number two, we need to see the scars sometimes. There's going to be scars in us sometimes too. He's got them. You're going to have them. Now notice the tenderness though of this moment. Thomas said, Lord, more or less, this is what he was saying. He told the other 10 this, but he was saying it to God realistically. Until I see the nail prints in his hand and shove my hand into his side, I will not believe. Why did he say those things? That's interesting, isn't it? Of all the things, why didn't he just say until I see him? Notice what he said. He pointed out to specific things. Not just look at his face, not just see his eyes, not look in his eyes, not test his shoe size and make sure it's still that, not look at his ear that's messed up or his stumped toe. I want to see the nail prints and the scar because that was undeniable. Nobody else could have had that. You understand, he still has those scars and it's because of you and I, he has them. Sometimes I need a nail-scarred moment, Brother Earl, from the Lord. My faith is weak. It grows weary. I need some help and I need some supernatural help and I need to see something of proof that God is still here God is still with me. God hasn't left me. God hasn't forgotten me. God hasn't gotten mad at me. We know most of those are lies from Satan, but it still feels that way. When you get the news that your child is facing a life or death situation, that your spouse is facing a life or death situation, your parents is facing something like that, you get uh, some kind of uh, stack of bills somehow settling that you wasn't expecting and you got way more bill and you got money. Or the old saying goes way more month and you got checkbook. And it could go on and on and on. And sometimes you just, at uh, one point a year or so ago, it just seemed like I kept getting hit with things. This past year, and I, at one point I said, God, I don't know how much more I can handle. So like everywhere I turned, somebody I loved and knew and cared about was getting sick and tragedy was striking everywhere I looked. And I said, Lord, I'd, uh, I'd like to have a little break here if you don't care. I needed a nail-scarred moment at that time. You know, one of the reasons that I love this is Jesus didn't look at Thomas and say, Thomas, you're a doubter. He didn't do that. Say, Thomas, why didn't you believe the scriptures? You've read them. He didn't rebuke him. He looked at him with tenderness. He said, Thomas, reach hither your hand. Touch my hands. Feel the nail prints. 
thrust your hand into my side. Feel that, feel that scar? It's me, Thomas. You can believe on me, Thomas. You can trust in me, Thomas. Sometimes I need a little extra help to put that kind of trust forth. Sometimes I need a little extra help. I need a nail-scarred moment. I need to see the scars sometimes to know that he's still there, that he's still God, that I can still believe in him, I can still trust in him, that I can still put all I've got into him, that he hasn't forgotten me, that he hasn't left me, that he hasn't kicked me to the curb, that he's still God and he still loves me and he's still got me. Sometimes I need to see the scars to get that evidence in me. Thank God he's got the scars. One, sometimes I just need to, need to see. Sometimes I need to see the scars. Let me read on. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Let me stop here just a minute. <laughs> what an answer. Yes, now, let me give you a little along the way here. When he says, My Lord and my God, you understand what he's saying there. Let me very humanly try to illustrate this. In other words, it would be like this. Oh God, you're God and you're Lord and what you say goes. And Lord, I bow to you. You're everything you said you are. You're everything you promised you are and a whole lot more. You've passed my expectations. You exceeded my request. You've done everything I've asked you to do and so much more. You're God of the universe. You've made everything around us. You made me and for me and God, I honor you with every breath I've got. That's what Thomas was saying. So when God gives you those nail-scarred moments when you need one, the next thing you need to do is start thanking him and start praising him and start honoring him and start recognizing him and he might give you another one if you just do that real good. Verse 29, and Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believed. Many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written that he might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing he might have life through his name. Number one, sometimes we just need to see him. Number two, sometimes we need to see the scars. Number three, sometimes we need to see some signs. Hmm. Now, Jesus covered what I've already said when he said, Thomas, because thou hast seen me. There have been things I've seen, and I've used this illustration before. I've had people describe things to me and try to tell me about it and how wonderful it is. And when you get there and see it, you're like, yeah. A lot of times it doesn't meet your expectations the way it's been blown up. I mean, the way people described you to me, I mean, I, I like picking on you, you know that. But, but I mean, in all seriousness, there's things that I have had described to me and most of the time when you see it, yeah, sometimes it blows you away, but sometimes it, 
it, it just fails to live up to the expectations you had. But I've learned a lot of things when I see it for the first time. It's magical, it's majesty, and it's all this and all that. But when I go back and see it again, it don't have quite the same pizzazz. And I see it the third time, it loses a little more. I've never went to God and he's never lost anything. He's as great as he was today as the first time I've ever met him. He's as wonderful today as the first time I, have you seen him? Not with my eyes, but I've sort of seen him spiritually more clear than I can see him with my human eyes. I'll tell you that. I thank God he's never grew old and he's never failed to live up to any expectation I've ever had. And I can't describe him no matter how wonderful he is, no matter how hard I try. I've never had anybody describe how wonderful he really is thank God he's God the Bible says because thou hast seen me thou hast believed but blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed you realize that's talking about us that's who Jesus is talking about I've never laid eyes on him physically I don't know what he looks like again forgive me I, I, I harp on this some maybe I'm not real big on a lot of pictures of Jesus. Forgive me if your house is littered with them. Uh, he doesn't look like those. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Uh, probably the exact opposite. I see him in a lot of pictures that he's got pale skin. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you've seen a middle Easterner with pale skin? That's just pretty good old common sense right there, isn't it? I mean... We don't know for sure what he looks like. And if we did know, we would again, we would worship the images, right. not him. But Thomas got to see him. Now notice what John said here, or Jesus, I'm sorry, and he said, of many other, John wrote, and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written that he might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing he might have life through his name. I've not seen anyone raised from the dead. I've never witnessed that. I don't guess any of you have either. I don't know. I've seen people who clinically, surgically, they were pronounced dead at that moment but was revived. There was a missionary named Dr. Phil. I don't remember his last name. Uh, I don't know if I heard he had some more... Uh, physical problems, I'm not sure, I already had to leave the mission field, I don't know if he's alive or dead. He went to, the, he was a surgeon in uh, Philippines, I'll get it out in a minute. He was some kind of specialized cranial surgeon. In America, one surgery was a quarter of a million dollars. $250,000, what one surgery in this country cost the type of surgeries that he did. He owned two clinics in the Philippines that did these surgeries. I would say he was pretty well-to-do. He went to a conference one time, and he said there was a room full of people, preachers. He said all that whole conference, they kept saying, we need doctors, we need doctors, we need doctors. He said, I look around. He said, I'm the only doctor there. So he made a certain deal with God and and, and he said, God, I'll do this if you do this. And, and it worked out that where God worked it out that he couldn't go back. He had to move forward. So he went to the, the National Republic of Congo, by the way, one of the most corrupt, poor countries in the world. 
and, and there, there's Muslim influence there. There's people there that kills Christians. And he was allowed to perform surgeries in the local hospital there. In exchange, they said, you can use our hospital to give the gospel if you perform surgeries for us. He actually used hammers and chisels to perform surgeries on these kids with cleft palates that you see. And in that country, if the mother gave birth to a child like that, the father was allowed to leave the mother because she was considered incomplete and not living up to his expectations to give him a child that way. So the father would often leave the mother and children on their own and was allowed to do so. This man put families back together by performing these surgeries on these little children with very primitive tools. By the way, remember, he was probably a multimillionaire. He never did tell me that. He didn't have to. I mean, again, common sense kind of tells you that. You see, there are signs that I've seen the evidence of the power of God. You tell me what surgeon's going to leave a lap of luxury, go live in one of the poorest, most corrupt countries in the world and perform surgeries for free, put families back together. I've seen people be addicted to alcohol and drugs, get born again and get delivered. I've seen people walk up. I have seen one man walk up the aisle staggering, walk back straight. I have seen miracle after miracle in my life of what God did. I've seen signs of what Jesus can do. And sometimes I need another one, Lord. Sometimes I need another one. I've seen it over and over. I've seen people possessed. Devil had control of them, possessed with demons. Folks, that stuff's still real. Don't you kid yourself. Where do you think some of this influence comes from? I've said it many times. These horror movies, tell me who in their right mind could write something like that. You're not logical. I've seen signs throughout my life that God is real, that Jesus is real. I'm gonna end with this. Sometimes I need a nail-scarred moment. My faith is weak. It may be gone. I've grown weary. I'm starting to doubt. And I'm hurting. And I don't like the way things are going. And I've gotta say, God, I need a nail-scarred moment. I need to see you. I need to see the scars and I need to see some signs. Let me say this. That doesn't mean exactly what you're praying for is going to happen. It's not what I'm saying. If I had my way, Big Morgan would be sitting back there. Cephas would be sitting right there. Dennis would be sitting right over there. Annette would be sitting back there. I can name and name and name. Lily would be sitting here right now listening and talking just like you and I if I had my way. His dad would be here. My dad would be here without an oxygen tank. But I don't get my way. I don't get every prayer that I always want to pray the way I pray and answer that way. That is why we need sometimes Jesus to come along and say, just let me show you my glory and who I am and what I am. And that is when he goes from a prayer begging God to the sweet Savior that you and I have that he'll say one day you're going to go home and be with me and you'll never have a problem again. The situation may not change but my heart will sure change if I let him. 
my heart will change. I've heard Mike stand up and testify more than once. He said, where he grew up, his mom died when you were five or six, five years old. I'm, I'm just repeating him, okay? I'm just repeating him. I'm not telling anything. He hasn't stood up in his church and said. He said, my dad was no good. He was an alcoholic. He just basically left us to raise ourselves." He said, where I grew up, there was nothing, no good, nothing good to be found. He said, I was raised in a very bad way and done a lot of bad things because he said, I didn't know no better. He was an alcoholic most of his life and God saved him. Now, some people struggle with addiction after they're saved and some are delivered on the spot. Don't ask me why. I cannot tell you why. That's God's business. But he was delivered from the bottle. You want to see some works? Right there they are. You want to see some evidence? Right there they are. I've heard Morgan himself say, I had a filthy mouth. He said, I did things I wished y'all wouldn't have done. He got saved. He said, thank God he delivered me from all of that. He said, I've not done those things anymore. And I could set a name and name and name and name the signs and works that I've seen. I've seen people healed of diseases on the spot. I've seen miracles happen in people's life that's unexplainable. Sometimes it may not be your miracle that God gives, but he'll give you one to see. Yeah, it might make you a little bit envious, but he still shows you he's God. How tender God treats us. I'm thankful sometimes. I need a nail screen moment. Instead of rebuking me for not believing, he's tender, he's gentle. You don't say reach here, give me your finger. Feel, feel the nail prints. Give me your hand. Thrust it into my side. Feel my heart because I can feel yours. He says, I feel what you feel. I know what you know and I think what you think. Thank God he's there with us. Father, we thank you again for this time together for this day that you've given us. And Lord, I pray that you take these few uh, remarks, God, that you make sense of them. God, you do with them what only you can. And God, as I preach this, Lord, most of all, God, I'm praying that we get a nail-scarred moment in revival. I'm asking you to come through our land, God, come through our church and sweep through here, God. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to move in our church, Lord. I'm not necessarily just praying for revival, but God, I'm praying for a move. I'm praying for move on our hearts, God, and on our lives, Lord, and on our church that we'll see you move in hearts of people. God, I, 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 my flesh side wants people to get saved and word get out. Man, that church is growing. Look what's going on. But God, my heart, my spiritual side, Lord, says I just want to see you move, Lord. Oh, God, help me not to pray with my pride. God, to pray with my honor to you and honoring you, Jesus, in everything that we do. God, I don't care if anybody finds out what we're doing here or not, as long as you know and you approve of it. That's all I care about, God. That's all I want to care about. And God, I pray tonight if there's anybody here that just needs something from you, God, they just need a tender touch, I pray that, Lord, you touch them tonight. You will help them seek you, God, and give them you what they need. And we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' your name we pray, amen. As we stand, we get a song.